One, two, three, uh! Okay. Welcome to 94 Ways to Ruin Your Life. I'm Victoria. And I'm Erica. Go from self-sabotage to self-love. On this episode of 94 Ways to Ruin Your Life, we are going to introduce our podcast and tell you a little bit about ourselves and how we know each other. So, Victoria, a.k.a. Vicky, a.k.a. Crown Vic, AKA that girl, (laughs) AKA the baddest, AKA, (laughs) AKA. If you would like to go first, since this was your idea, then we want to tell our listeners how. Thank you for letting them. Thank you for letting them know I'm the brains behind the operation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right. So I'm Victoria. I'm 25 years old. And the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is just to share my ideas and thoughts on different topics in the world that I feel that aren't presented um, in mainstream media um, and different ways that we can improve mental health in our community. Because I feel like, especially in certain ethnic communities, brown skin communities, that it is overlooked and instead of saying oh um this is an issue or um this is something that we all have and we all need to work through together it's seen it's frowned upon like you're crazy or you shouldn't be feeling this way or you're supposed to be strong or you just need to deal with it and hush you know it's not really talked about i know in my family and other families that i've seen it's not talked about especially love and you know, just sharing, you know, depression or suicidal thoughts, certain things like that aren't in mainstream. So I feel like if we put this on our podcast, that it does happen and we have stories and maybe people coming here and sharing what they've experienced, we can normalize it. And so it won't be abnormal, but it will be normal. Yeah, I completely agree. And I did want to talk about like how we came up with the title 94 ways to ruin our life. Yeah. Um, so we were brainstorming back and forth about different titles. I don't know how many we had, but we had a lot of ideas. Yeah. Too many. And yeah, like way too many and none of them just seemed to click. Mm-hmm. And Victoria and I were both born in 1994. So, yes. <laughs> so we were talking about how, there's so many ways that people and ourselves as well ruin their lives by the toxic behaviors and trauma mm-hmm. um, that has either been passed down to us or we have learned growing up. So we kind of wanted to title it 94 ways to ruin your life and provide some advice on how not to ruin your life on how to change those behaviors and that way you can learn how to respond to things in a healthy way that provides the outcome that you actually want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to create a better life for yourself. So from going to self-sabotage to self-love, because a lot of us, when you grow older, you know that you're changing when you're sick of yourself, when you're sick of doing the same things over and over again, you're sick of like, I don't know, you're just sick of like the same things and 
things like that. And when you start looking at yourself rather than the outside world, like blaming everybody else, but when you turn and look at yourself, you're like, oh, these are the things I need to fix. And so I feel like those are some of the topics that we will cover in this podcast. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that it's going to be important to talk about and we're going to get through a lot of interesting things, possibly have some special guests here and there. Um, Even, you know, because we both realize as well that even though we have experienced a lot, we still don't know everything and other people can contribute to the conversation and really provide our listeners with some valuable information. Um, So, so Vicki, let's talk about how we met. Okay. We met in middle school. Yep. In Sparks, Nevada, this small, nobody knows town. (laughs) Mountain town. I know. Mountain town with just like dirt. Like it's like desert town. basically. Mm -hmm. There's like one main road, one Walmart everyone goes to. All you can do is eat and go to the store. (laughs) Yeah. And go on walks, but it gets really cold Mm. and it also gets really hot. (laughs) I know because we live in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. But but we met in PE, right? Was it PE? Yes. We had the same PE class. Remember our PE teacher? She hated both. both. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were by each other yes. because we had the same last name. So we were in line like together. And yeah, because like, you're E and I'm G. Yes. Yeah, what was that guy that sat in the middle of us? Marty or Armando or something? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. So we met in PE class. And then we, I think we played volleyball. I think em- Amy was in our class too. Uh, she wasn't in our class, but she um, – uh, what is it called? She tried yeah, out for volleyball with us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. I, I think you talked to me first. I'm not sure. I forgot how. I, think I did talk to you first. I think I said I liked your hair. You had red hair. Like you dyed it red. Uh huh. I had burgundy Remember? hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had burgundy hair. Uh, I thought I was And there wasn't. <laughs> it was cute. There wasn't very many um, black people in our school. Mm-hmm. Like people of color, actually, like at all. It was mostly just like. I, white and Mexican, but it was 94% white. So like coming from different places, cause I was not raised in Reno and neither was Victoria. So like we both came there around the same time, like within six months of each other. Mm-hmm. And I just saw her and I was like, huh, she kind of looks like me. I'm going to go talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I was shell shocked. Like when I was there, I didn't talk to nobody. I was just there. I was like, oh, it was just so new. And you know when you feel a different vibe, when you go from, like, welcoming vibes to, like, stared at or isolated or you just feel different. Yeah, and people think you're weird for something you can't change. Like, this is just what I look like, and it's Uh not a crime. Hello, that part. Like, sorry, I can't change who I am. Sorry, you've never seen someone like me before. And I don't try to look like... I don't try to fit in and look like everyone else. Like I'm going to stand out because I'm not wearing Abercrombie or Aeropostale. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. And our hair is different, which mm-hmm. we straightened it a lot back then. Because like, even though that wasn't that long ago, I mean, we're, I'm 26 now. So that was probably 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> 
it still wasn't as acceptable even just 13 years ago to wear your hair natural and for people yeah. not to like scare you for it. So we felt pressure to have to change our hair and not that we change everything about ourselves, but when you're that age, you're a, a girl and you just kind of want to blend in. You don't want to stand have out. everyone like looking at you or questioning why you do certain things. So you just yeah. do what you can to make sure you fit in a little bit. Exactly. Or you don't stand out as much as you already are because you're already the token in the room. And, right. Like, yeah. And then you have this hair and then you have these earrings and you have all this other stuff. And then like back in the day, I didn't have as much confidence as I have now. But, mm-hmm. you know, just walking in the room, like people would be like, are those owl bottoms? Huh? Are you wearing boots with the fur? Huh? And I'm just like, oh. My God. <laughs> Like, I just didn't know yes. what to say. Like the ignorance there was just mind blowing. And I just, it was just one of the times in my life that I just didn't like and I tried to block, but I did get a great yeah. friend out of that experience. So there's a reason for everything. You're going to cry. That's very <laughs> true. Yeah. Aww. I mean, you did get some good That's things out of that though. experience, you know, like you learn and you're, you're yeah. there for a reason, you know, stuff happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah, we, I would we say moved. so. So we moved back to Cali. So I moved mm-hmm. first, and then Erica came. What like six months later? Uh, six later. months later, yeah. Because uh, my moved. mom had gotten a promotion in California, and she We're could like, live wherever yes. in California. And then um, Vicky and her mom suggested we look in San Dimas, California. So then mm-hmm. we moved like down the street. <laughs> yeah, we were like, yeah, finally. And then we were like two peas in a pot again, doing all this, breaking crimes and doing crazy stuff. <laughs> we were having fun. So we didn't through. go to the same school at first, though. I know. We should have went to the same school. Shoot. You came to all, my, all of our things. They were like, who's this girl? I'm like, she's coming next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shoot. You was hanging out with everybody anyway. And I did. It's because my mom was in a mode where she thought you were a bad influence on me. For real? Yeah, I didn't tell you about that, but she did. Back then, she didn't, she, it's not that she thought you were a bad influence. I don't know. What? She was just like, I know if you go to, like, Charter Oak, you're going to be, like, hang out with all these people, and I don't, like, gonna do. Anything. I don't know. She was, she, yeah, she just, <laughs> you remember how she used to do me. She was Girl, like, she don't know, know who Erica is, because she is her own person. She don't do nothing she don't want to well, do. Well, yeah, but that was when I was, like, 16. Yeah, you never know. Um, yeah. But she was always she would always tell me like you don't follow other people and like if I would start to act like you cuz you know how we like did like our weird little like noises and stuff, but if I yeah. did it like around her, she'd be like stop acting like Victoria, like you're Erica, like be yourself. Like she just always like drove that into my brain like I don't know what her obsession was with it, but it was just like she would get mad if I started picking up little habits from other places and then mm. like yell at me mm-hmm. about it. So that's how my mom says it too. Like if I if I like do an accent or I'll like sound like I'm from Atlanta, she's like, Can you sound like yourself? Why are you talking like that? And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like you just sound Yeah, but like you're that. just an animated person. Yeah, I am. But you sound like the people that you care about mm-hmm. or you love. You know what I'm saying? Like you naturally just sound like them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's what people do. They sound like each other. 
because it's just like a compliment you know if you hang out with people a lot you start to sound like them in small ways you know what i'm saying yeah but i understand though like you want you want your child to be their own person and not to mold i feel like like be their own person not like change their whole personality like you go from a church girl to like this party or twerking on the table right. stuff. like yeah. maybe that's what her leap was like nah that but it was yeah. like it wasn't that big of a leap like we were just acting crazy <laughs> like we were just being weird it really it really yeah it really wasn't but i don't know she was just trying mm-hmm. to be a parent and yeah. have control over the situation but she ended up letting me go there Gavel. so <laughs> Gavel, just slamming the gavel down. Girl, she didn't know when she went out of town. (laughs) (laughs) We were barely doing anything. We just had the girls over in the hot tub at my house. I know, doing crazy stuff. Like, girl, bring where your mama uh, left that bottle at the house. (laughs) Girl, we would just do stuff with us. Like, we wouldn't invite no boys over, nothing Mm -mm. like that. We would just like, I don't know, be experiments together and have fun and be crazy. Like, just be teenagers. Yeah, like, just laughing and. But not no, like. We and we weren't doing anything stuff. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Not at all. Well, shit, so. my other friends were, but I wasn't down with that. Oh, yeah, you weren't there. And they weren't at my house that time. It was Girl, just. Me, I wasn't. You, I wasn't Amber, like, Portia, Portia, and uh, was Aaliyah? No, it wasn't, Aaliyah wasn't there either. No, just Aaliyah don't come. She stayed right. with Dina. But girl, when they were doing that stuff, I was like, I ain't going. I was like, y'all do that. I'm not entertaining these men. Like, mm-mm. no, that's not me. No, I'm not about to make, mm-mm, no, your breath stank, no. Well, you also hated being around Yasmin and Dominic too much. Oh my God. Hopefully they don't listen to this. If they listen to this, they're going to be like, oh, they talking crap. I'm not yeah, talking crap. I, was, I, was, I did not like, I didn't hate hanging around them i love being around them like Dom- dominic was my friend and yasmin was mm-hmm. my friend and they just happened to be together but the only thing was it's like you can't do nothing without him like come on like can we do something together but it's just like sometimes yeah it's just like too much or they'd be arguing i'm like oh my god <laughs> like it just be too much <laughs> i'm like i'm trying to have fun y'all sit here arguing about some stuff <laughs> but girl it's just you know young right. young love you don't understand selfishness you know young love that's very true Mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about like our educational background and where we are looking to go we're both pretty ambitious people hey yeah (laughs) so let's talk about you and your educational journey because I know that yours definitely you not necessarily like struggled but you worked really hard to like figure out where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do yeah um it was a process because I went into college not knowing what I wanted to do and if I could look if I could do it over I would go undecided first I wouldn't choose because I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do and I felt like being undecided you can take different classes and kind of fill them out and then go with what you feel like I was going towards mostly what's going to make me money. What's, how can I get rich? How can I do that? Mm-hmm. How can I make more money? I wasn't necessarily going with my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just decided to go in psychology because, um, I mean, I love people. I love helping. I'm a natural healer. I'm an, I care. I've, I'm very empathetic. And I was like, shoot, I can make a lot of money doing this counseling stuff. And, um, so I just went into psychology 
I went to Mount Sac and I got my AA in psychology with a transfer. And I transferred to Clark Atlanta University where I got my BA in psychology and graduated uh, cum laude. Cum laude, I think I had a 3.8 GPA. <laughs> Work hard for that, okay, to come papers. But um, in that, where I, that was my initial idea to go with psychology for that money. Because I'm like, girl, I could get $200 an hour, okay, and get paid and just talk to somebody. But I don't regret it because I felt like that's where I would have gone anyway. But I wish I would have took my time in that because in having a psychology major, I was very conflicted. I was like, oh my God, I like to sing and I like to do this and I like to do that. And I felt like my mind would have been a little bit more settled if I went undecided Then I would have yeah. probably made this decision anyway. But um, yeah, I'm glad that I did do it. But it is a lot of work because you have to do a graduate school and things like that. So um, yeah, I graduated 2017 with my BA and I'm still deciding on what my uh, master's degree will be in because psychology is a very complicated subject. Um, you can go in any avenue you want. There's numerous avenues in psychology you can go through. Anything that you think of, you can major in that in psychology. So math, there's psychology in that. Work, there's psychology in that. Nature, there's psychology in that. Yep. Like, you could do anything and it's like, that's where my undecidedness is coming from. Like, oh my God, I like everything. And um, you just have to like narrow it down when you're going into your master's because if you get something, if you do something, like say if I do child psychology and then later on the road, I'm like, I don't really like this. You know, you can't, mm -hmm. that's what you're doing. So you have to make sure that this is what you and want in your master's. You right? have experience somewhat with child psychology. Yeah, I, I do. That job. Yeah, I did work. So after college, I worked at a daycare for a year. Um, and I was going to do an experiment on them. Because we had all black teachers. Mm -hmm. And we had mostly white children there. So I thought it was like the perfect opportunity to do an experiment. Not saying like, ooh, I'm going to do something crazy. It was just like an observational one. Like, how do you feel when you like, how do you feel when you come uh, see your teacher? Like, like, is there a racial boundary with those children? things like that and how do right. they feel with a woman of color teaching them you know what I'm saying and then I would do another preschool with like white teachers and stuff like how the children would feel and kind of like do I forgot what my thesis was but it was something like that like having um a teacher of color because you don't see a lot of those and then after that I worked at um a foster facility with uh girls from the age six to fourteen and that was a hard job for me. It was a really hard job. Like, I'm not going to lie. It was very heartbreaking to see these children go through a lot of traumatic experiences with their yeah. parents and um, just how they go through life very quickly. Yeah, they grow up really fast. Like I say, at the age of 12, their mindset is probably 21, 23-year-old. Yeah. Just because they just have so much, so many things exposed to them from drinking to drugs to sex. All of yeah. that they've experienced already, most of them. And it's just hearing their stories and you get close to them and you just, they're like, adopt me. Can you adopt me, Miss Victoria? I'm just like, oh my God, like I can't. And it's just like all their stories and their hardship 
are weighing down on you. Like I would go mm-hmm. home sometimes and I would pray for them. I would cry for them. Like I would do, like it was just weighing down on me. And that's when I was like, can I really do this counseling thing? Can I really do therapy? Like I can't handle this. How can I do that? And it was just like, I had an awakening there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like God puts you through things so you can realize what you need to do. And that's what I asked for when I graduated because I didn't know what I wanted. I prayed about that as well. And um, when I moved back to Cali, I got that job. So I worked at daycare in Atlanta and then I moved back here and I got this job in Cali and I prayed God for that. I was like, what do you want me to do? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, what do you want me to do? And then I got this job and I was like, like, I was like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do because my heart felt for them. And I was like, if anything in life, what you're supposed to do is you're calling and what gets your heart like pumping what does it get turning what do you what are you passionate about what do you want to change yeah and I would and that's how I feel like we need to change for the children like children are the future and they should not be going through these things we need to protect them because they are leaders of tomorrow and so like even when I'm talking about it now I get chills and that's how I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do but in that, like, what am I do? What am I going to do? Am I going to change laws? Am I going to regulate? Am I going right. to be in the trenches? Like, what part of that? And there's so many avenues. So there, there are, and there's so many ways that you can help and be of service to them. And yeah. I remember your stories, and like in California specifically, and in LA, homelessness and homeless youth is a huge problem. Yeah, really big problem, mm-hmm. and you know, thinking of that, it's like, there's so much that goes into that. It's like, what's going on in the schools, you know, Mm -hmm. that they can't provide the kids with adequate, adequate, um, food or nutrition. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's like, what's going on with housing that we can't provide people with affordable, Mm -hmm. how like homes and affordable, you know, rent and things like that. Because a lot of times, you know, you may say people, chose that life but maybe the parents did or maybe they can't do better or there's Mm -hmm. so many different factors but at the end of the day it still comes down on the kids and there has to be a better way Mm -hmm. to protect them Mm -hmm. so I completely understand that yeah when you're when I was working there you see a big cycle so you see the kids why they do certain things and you see the the mom and then their mom it's like a big cycle and there's a certain point where that has to stop and, or else it's just going to keep rolling going with the same thing yeah. over and over again. It's like, okay, why does this little girl do this? Like, okay, because her mom's homeless or she lives on the street or her mom's on drugs. That's why the kid is acting like this or mm-hmm. things like that. So it goes hand in hand. And I was eating that food. Like we had basically school food there yeah. that the kids would have. The kids would live there and they would have lunch and dinner there and breakfast uh every day and I would eat the food mm-hmm. and I got so sick like I was wow. I was clogged up like I just didn't feel good and the food was not even that great and I was yeah. like these kids have no choice like I cannot eat this food I can make my own food and bring it or I could go somewhere else and get it but they have to say you're eat this food and it was just not good they would yeah. force medicine on these children because the more money you get for the children to have, for the, the more medication the children are on, the more money that this facility will get. And they would push these things on the children. 
like okay they have behavior problems they don't listen okay they have adhd give them this medicine like the more medication they're on the higher money you get this oh, was, man. yeah it was really bad but it was it was just like okay it's behavior you need to go through the trauma and like why are they acting like this they're like oh they have pay attention problems they you know they can't sit still because they never got attention at home right because they're always by themselves because their mom left them in the house for hours and hours and days and that's why when you walk in the room they're all on your face hi miss hi miss and they're all on your face like yeah because they that's want why that love and attention yeah they don't need they a pill yeah they don't need a pill they need love love heals mm-hmm. all wounds feel me so <laughs> Like that's all they need, but you're stuffing yeah. the throat on their throat. It's just like so many avenues that I saw the government, you know, in this facility, different rules and regulations and things like that, um, that we can dive into all day, which would be right. a good topic, by the way. It but would be. It's just, whew, it's just so much. Just like you said, housing, education, yeah, money, food, all that I saw like firsthand in the trenches. I saw that. And I was just overwhelmed. Yeah. It was really it was sad. Like it was so sad. Like I was crying. And I'm a very empathetic person. Like I felt for them. I felt it. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't. <laughs> like I like I had a like I was staying there because of the children. I was staying yes. there because they didn't want me to leave. They were like, please don't go, Miss Ellie. We love you. And I was like, oh. And I just, like, at one point, I just, like, I had to put myself first. I couldn't stay right. there. I couldn't because I was going home mad. I was irritable. I was anxious. I was I was just not myself. Yeah. And there's only so much that you can yeah. change at that level. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, okay. Yeah, because I couldn't do anything. Nothing at all. I couldn't do anything. Yeah, it was I just, like, can't even the way t- it is. Mm-hmm. I can't even pick what kind of food you get. Like, I can't do nothing. Like, I can't do anything besides show you love. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't. can't do nothing. Sometimes so, you yeah. have to let that be enough for what yeah. you Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta let it be enough. Be like, hopefully I, I poured love and wisdom and life into you, and you listened and took that in. And either today, tomorrow, or a couple years from now, you'll think about that conversation. That's the only thing I can hope for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the only thing yeah, I could really do so but then they did tell me that like I let them follow me on Instagram some of them and they'll be like I remember when you said this or, or like I'll post something like oh my god I can't do this I can't do that on my story and then one of the girls hit me up she was like you have to be patient and you have to be da 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 and I was like girl when did you get so uh woke when did you get like this she's like mm-hmm. well I learned it from the best dot dot you and I was like oh <laughs> You know, that's what's interesting about affecting people's lives is the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Mm -hmm. That tree has to grow. Erica Badu up in it. (laughs) (laughs) The tree has to grow and, you know, seasons come and they go and then the fruit and the leaves grow on that tree and then you can pick it and then you realize like, what I did or said to this person really affected them deeply. And I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. So your words and the things you do and everything you do with intention from your heart makes a difference. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Wow. 
You're gonna make me cry, girl. <laughs> it's like I don't no crying today. <laughs> girl, I miss them low key. I'm not gonna lie. But sometimes they bad. So I'm like, you know, they, they are bad. Like they don't like to listen, but it's like, but those your baby, like that's your bad babies. <laughs> like, oh, he's so true. Right. Look at him on the roof. Oh, come on, boo. Come down, boo. Right. Get him behind them bushes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what y'all do back there? Come on. Yeah. All right. Anything else you wanted to add to that? You no, that's pretty much it about my little. Um, I think that's it for my educational background. I think I covered most of it. I believe. Oh, I'm back in school, y'all. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I do sign language now. So I I just I stopped doing that job. Today is April. No, no, no May 2020. Mm-hmm. And I quit my job in October 2019. And then I got um, another job working with autistic children so I can go back to school for sign language because um, it's more flexible for my schedule. And the reason why I did that is because one of the kids at my old job at the foster facility was deaf. And, oh. mm-hmm, and I would talk to him. I would sign to him. And I was like, I fell in love with it again because I remember when I took it back at Mount Sac before I went to Clark, I took that class and I wanted to take it at Clark, but I didn't have the classes. And I remember when I'll see it on TV or I'll watch the Switch at Birth show, I will be like, I want to know what they're saying. Like I was like drawn to the language and I don't know. It just, it just never got in my head. You know, something that's just mm-hmm. in your head and you just can't yeah. get it out and you just got to do it. So that's just what sign language is for me. I just got to do and I have to learn because I'm always going to want to do it. If I see someone else, if I see a deaf person, I'm like, oh my God, I want to talk to them. I don't know why, but it's just, that's just what I feel. And so I was like, let me do it. I feel like this way. This kid is here. I want to talk to I talk to him all the time in sign language. He's not very good, but he's not because he's a child. Like, I don't know who taught him, but he knows some signs. He knows how to communicate. He knows some signs. But um, and I don't know some signs he's saying either. Right. So I'm not good either. But I know he ain't I know he's not like fluent, fluent. You know, he's nine. He don't know yeah. big words. Like you didn't know big words at nine. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, so I was like, I wanna learn sign. And I was like, but how can I learn sign? I'm at this job and I'm just like full of emotion. So now for so long story short, or short story long, <laughs> I'm I'm back in school in sign language. I'm in sign language three and I'm learning all the signs. How are you? I'm good. You look beautiful today. Okay. Oh, I just did those signs right now to Erica. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. So what about you, Miss, Miss Writer? Let's know about, yeah. you, about you. So when I first got out of high school, um, it was a little difficult to figure out like, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go with my schooling. Mm -hmm. I always knew that I wanted to go to college, but when we graduated high school in 2012, there was the Occupy LA protest and a bunch of stuff going on within the college school system that barred a lot of admission to the Cal State universities. I don't know if you remember this, but a lot of the schools were impacted. Remember? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and they... Yes. And they basically made it so that it was really, really hard to get in. Even though these schools, you could have halfway decent grades, 
maybe one or two extracurriculars and you should be able to get in because in California, there's so many colleges and so many options, but there's mm -hmm. also so many people. So during that time, like I didn't get into the schools that I wanted to go to. So I was kind of like stuck. Like I didn't know what to do. Um, and I thought about going to a junior college like um, Victoria. And I remember I went to take the entrance exams at Mount Sac. But there was just something in me that felt like it wasn't the right path for me. Mm -hmm. So I continued to work. Um, I first got a job in retail. That wasn't working out for me because I just do not like retail. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, no offense to anyone that works in retail. I just, it just wasn't for me. And then I went into property management. And I started off as a leasing consultant. And I leased apartments in, at different companies for about, I don't know, six, about six years. And mm -hmm. during this time in 2015, I decided to go back to school. And because I needed to make money and to do um, all those things to pay my bills, I just decided to work full time and go to school full time. So I did both. And when I was choosing my major, it was kind of hard because I had so many interests. I was at first going to go to school to major in animal biology. Like, I always wanted to be a wildlife biologist because I love animals. That would have been fun. Yeah. And that's what I always wanted to do. Because when I was a kid, I used to watch Animal Planet and watch, like, the Jeff Corwin experience. And I thought it was, mm. like, just amazing. Like, you got to travel and, like, you know, study animals. Like, what mm. better job? But mm. then I thought about some of my other passions. Like, I love to paint and draw. I love writing. And I'm just an overall, like, very creative person. So, um... I saw that Southern New Hampshire University had a program for creative writing in English, and I always like to write stories and tell stories. So I went ahead and I was like, you know, I don't know where this is going to take me, but I'm just going to do it. And I remember telling people what my major was, and I did not get very favorable responses from most people. They were just like, why would you do that? Why don't you go into a professional major? Like, why creative writing? Like, what are you going to be an author? Like, or an English teacher. And I do want to be an author, which is why most people write. I also like editing things. I like helping other people to develop their story as well. So um, I just decided to do it no matter what anyone said, because no one was paying for my education. So I did what I wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. And I found that I really fell more in love with like the English language and um, literature and just writing because I think that through stories and through stories like mine or a story like Victoria's that they don't even get told often in the fiction world. Like it's mm -hmm. starting to happen more so now that you'll see stories like the hate you give on, you know, the bestseller list for young adult fiction. And it even got turned into a movie, which is great. And I think that those stories are really important. Mm -hmm. And it's not that, like, personally, I haven't experienced something like that in a story. Um, but, you know, I'm a young Black woman that pretty much grew up in the suburbs most of her life, but still faced, you know, a certain type of, um, what is it called, systemic racism even in the schools I was in mm -hmm. because I feel like it was always less was always expected of you because I mean if you get a B that's great you're already doing 
better than quote unquote most of the people of your race and it's just annoying because which isn't true i like to yeah and i like to smash those stereotypes like okay go ahead and underestimate me you know and just like vicky said about her schooling you know i worked really hard when i was in college and it was a lot of times it was very trying with having a full-time job and sleeping very little um, mm-hmm. not knowing how I was going to pay my tuition sometimes before I got the grants in my second and third year. And I just remember, like, there were so many times I wanted to quit and give up. Well, that would have been but easier, but... I couldn't. Yeah, it would have been easier, but, but I couldn't. And then when I came out of school, I was still working in leasing, and I was like, I have to get out of this. Because I just, I just lost the care I had for it. And I felt like it wasn't fair to my employer. It wasn't fair to me. Like, cause I was not doing what was in my heart. Like I did not mm-hmm. really care about the job at that point at all. Um, and I remember I prayed about it. Like I wanted to get out of there and I wanted to get a job in writing and it's kind of hard to get an entry level job in writing. Like I didn't have much experience. Like I did a little bit of side work and I wrote on my own. Um, but I did my resume up. I researched how to write your resume and how to do it so that you get job interviews. And I got a job right out of school working as a copywriter for a marketing firm. And that job taught me so much about the path that I now see myself going down. And it's a completely different path than I thought I would go down when I started school. When I started school, I wanted to work in a pub- at a publishing company and help publish books. And I still think that maybe that would be great, but I'm also kind of realizing that I could do so much more with the talents I have than just that. Mm-hmm. So um, because of this virus, I am currently unemployed, but <laughs> I'm still working towards figuring out where my writing and my craft is going to take me. Um, so I'm excited to see what the next couple of years brings. Yeah. I feel like now is the time to to really um, do some self-reflecting and to, like, start from ground zero. Like, okay, I have all this time in my hands. What am I going to do with it? Yes. And this is the time to, like, create your own businesses, to think about your next steps, to set a plan for yourself to be financially secure and ultimately, what's, more, what's better than money is to be secure within yourself, to be happy. Yes. So, okay, I can make money and be happy. I can make money and have a career, not a job, not be an employee or be an entrepreneur. Or if you do want to be an employee, let me find a great job that's going to treat me right, going to give me good pay. Right. And it's going to treat me like a person and not just an employee, like a thing that I can just toss away whenever I feel like it. You know what I mean? Work for a good employer. And that's, yes, that's always been extremely important to me because throughout my time when I was in Mm -hmm. leasing, most of the companies I worked for definitely treated me like a number, especially since I had sales goals to hit and things like that. If you didn't reach your sales goal, all of a sudden you're not your boss's favorite anymore or they're just treating you like what's wrong. Even if 12, even if 11 months out of 12, I hit my goal on that one month, it was a really big problem. And all of a sudden, like 
it's like, wow, we could replace you. So if you don't do it, you don't get replaced. <laughs> right. Like catch up mustards. Hello. Next month you got to get double, you know, but it's, I feel like, um, I feel like we live in a great time now because in the past, people that look like, like us didn't get a chance to even think about these kind of things. You know what I mean? Like That's true. They're so busy trying to survive. Yeah, like how am I going to get food on the table? How am I going to keep these lights on? How am I going to keep a roof over my head? If you're worried about these like survival skills like water, food, shelter, you're not thinking about how, how can I turn flip this 10 into 20 or how can I flip this 20 into 100? You don't have time to develop yourself, yeah. to regulate your own emotions, to think about, oh, why do I feel, why am I always angry? Why am I always sad? You don't have time to think about that, you know? And I'm just so grateful that we're in a time that we have. Yeah, you're just trying to make it through mm -hmm. the day to day. Yeah. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's true. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm happy that we are changing and us as minorities minorities but well, we're not really minorities we have the opportunity that yeah. our ancestors dreamed about you know so i'm happy about this and how you can even have a podcast that we can even sit here and talk about it and have time to sit here and talk about it yeah mm -hmm. i'm so happy that we're starting to exactly time to do it and mm -hmm. it's a really beautiful thing and i'm super excited to dive in our other topics because as you guys can see we have a lot to say <laughs> and obviously we even <laughs> are going to struggle to keep it within a proper time frame but yeah mm -hmm. we love to talk that's yes. all we do we just talk and i feel <laughs> so like if you love more talkers, importantly we on the things we talk about yeah and like you did keep us like regulated erica you like okay let's talk about this now you know you kept it on track go ahead girl. <laughs> So that concludes the end of our first podcast, the get to know me and a little bit about what our podcast will entail for future episodes. If you watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing, thank you so much for tuning in and listening throughout the podcast. And if you've gone to this point, gone through to this point, please comment down below the word growth with your favorite plant emoji down below. If you guys have any questions or any video topics, please email us at 94 ways to ruin your life at gmail.com. <laughs>